to Seymour from the Front Pew Podcast, coming to you from the broadcast studio at Seymour First Baptist Church in Seymour, Tennessee, and featuring thoughts and discussions around loving God, loving others, making disciples, and living the life. I am your host, Tiger Brooks, and now on to the podcast. So the thought occurred to me that um, as we open into this, wait, wait, do you have a joke again? No, I'm going to save it for the next one. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to, 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 to jump you. <laughs> hey, listen. I had a plan, but it's gone. Uh, okay. <laughs> he was the only one that knew. It was a heartbroken, okay. Uh, okay, whatever. Let's move on. You had a you had a plan none of us knew. Um. So the thought occurred to me as I was sitting here listening to the opening uh, tones of our uh, intro that here we are at this table, at least you and I are the, the old guys. Yes. And yes. yet we are the ones in our young, restless, and reformed flannel shirts. <laughs> Careful. Careful. <laughs> tongue, totally tongue in cheek. All of you know that I'm, I'm Josh. I don't have a beard. That is not a. Corey is. is definitely going to be getting some emails from oh. some of his SBC counterparts. <laughs> I hear you're young, restless, and reformed. It's time uh, you get off yeah. of these committees. Oh, no, we just we just wear the uniform occasionally, uh, like today. Anyway, I thought that we're was funny. The uniform. <laughs> uh, Corey's going to change his shirt when he gets. Out. <laughs> Might be some truth in that. Uh, that's funny. Uh, anyway. Welcome into Seymour from the Front Pew uh, as we continue on in our uh, current sub-series, I guess you could say, of working through the book of Ephesians and uh, trying to demonstrate what uh, an average D group might look like. And um, you will hear us uh, run some rabbits every now and again, which happens routinely uh when you're having a d group meeting of some description uh you'll hear us wrestling with the text you'll hear us talking about things in the text that resonate with us and in ephesians 4 let me just tell you we'll be fortunate to get through in one in one one episode uh because it is so so rich um and sometimes that'll happen uh, Corey brought up this point off air uh, that that will happen sometimes. Sometimes you'll get going down talking about some texts and you'll look down and it's been a couple of hours and you know, you got to go put the kids to bed and you know, you got to just say time out. We'll pick this up next time. And that's, it's America. You get to yeah. do, you get, you get to do what you want to. You can, you can pick In it every up. Every other country want. though. You can't read the Bible. That's exactly. Way. <laughs> exactly. You can well, never do that. America. So I'll pick up on that just a little bit yeah. to say, you know, like I also think that your, your own D group needs to have a, a few ground rules as you get going. Like, so the first D group that I was ever a part of, uh, was, uh, five pastors. We decided very early that our group was an hour. We had an hour to give, and regardless of where we were, if we got to 55, 58 minutes and it was going to go for a while and you needed to go, you weren't going to hurt anybody's feelings. You weren't going to, uh, like it, it wasn't offensive to get up and walk out or whatever else. But none of us have to guess who made the motion to have that rule. Well, it was actually all of us. I mean, like, so, uh, well, I mean, like we, you know, we, we all had busy lives and things going on. And, um, but yet at the same time, I know we've got ladies groups that meet for two, two and a half hours. And as long as everybody's okay with that, that's fine. But 
you really do need to have kind of a, some ground rules. Yeah. We're shooting for this. Um, you know, uh, we from time to time it may go to this or whatever else. But, you know, again, I've seen people stop going to a group because they go for two hours and they just don't have the ability to stay for two hours every time. Uh, my last D group that I did here, um, we met at eight, eight o'clock at night because we knew we could kind of get our families settled and in bed and not miss everything from their lives and then came. And that way we didn't have to um, uh, like be limited on time or whatever else. I feel like we were missing out a lot of things. And so, um, again, it's kind of one of those things of I think it's important to kind of lay some of those things out uh, with your group on what, what, what and how you're going to approach those things. Um, even, um, you know, again, uh, are we going to do prayer at the beginning or are we going to do it at the end? Are we going to, you know, fill each other on life stuff for how long? And then when are yeah. we going to cut that off? Because, again, you can take up a whole hour just trying to catch up over a week or whatever else. And so, um, uh, yeah, anyway, again, just an aside, but if mm -hmm. we're talking about our, our goal in this little series, mini series, as you called it, is to help people see how to function in a D group. I think it's important for you to think through some of those things um, as you're getting together or whatever else. So, yeah. In Ephesians 4, um, <clears throat> really, there's some foundational elements. If you want to know mm. what a church is supposed to look like, mm. if you want to know, you know the right behaviors and the right attitudes that you should have, you you should just really make Ephesians four part of your uh, foundations, and uh, because there's some there's some rich stuff there. Um, you you'll hear talk many many times about uh, the one another's, um, how we are to behave, how we are to treat one another, how we are to love one another. That's chalk full in Ephesians four, uh, and uh, and so I, I don't know. I'll jump in there. I, I'll just say. Oh, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't permission, in. and he just goes for it. Uh, well, <laughs> this is the. New I thing. am the host of the show. <laughs> Get on my level. And so I've I've wrestled with a lot in Ephesians four just because of some some. <coughs> yep. Choose my words. Yep. I know right where you're going. I was going to the same place. We've had some interesting and somewhat difficult past experiences in church life. And dealing with congregational issues, dealing with um, uh, lots of different things. And so uh, I've spent a lot of time in prayer uh, in this text. And uh, it just, just let's start out. Um, Therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Therefore, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all through all and in all. I, I mean, we could camp out there for the rest of this episode. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally was sitting there thinking we could spend an hour just. Yeah. And so, and, and all I want to say is, in, in a broad scope, and we can all add to this, few other areas of life, because, you know, here we are, we, we stand here as people who've spent a great deal of our time and efforts inside the body of Christ. We, we draw our livelihoods because of our vocational ministry inside the body of Christ. And so, 
unlike many of you who don't do that, you go to church and you, you go to Sunday school and you don't derive a lot of your, that doesn't eat up a whole lot of your time and energies. But, but for us, it really does. And the truth is, is that sometimes the church can be the, the place where you encounter the most hostility, the most derisiveness, uh, the most hurt when it's supposed to be exactly the opposite of that. And it's like Paul can write this in, in, in well-meaning people have no clue as to what it means to be gentle and humble and patient and to bear with one another. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to, I just want to drive my, I mean, I'm, I'm no, I'm not perfect at all. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm never going to put myself on a pedestal to say, Hey, this is, this is how to do this. And this is, you need to follow me, but I can be at odds with you. We can dis we can disagree. I'm not going to hate you. I'm not, I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to tear you down just because I disagree with you on a point. Uh, there's a point of contention there because I, I'm commanded here that I have to be bigger than that. I have to remember who I was and who Jesus is and what he did for me. And I have to bear with you in, in, in love. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'll, I'll stop there because we could go for a long times, but I mean, it's like we forget about these things. Yeah. Well, I, like, again, there's a couple of different things. The One of those is that bearing with one another in love. I mean, like, that is so much more than what we understand. Um, we tend to live in a culture to where if someone is difficult, we just cut them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ghost them. We, we move on or whatever else. And uh, we've got a culture that basically says that that's, that's okay. Yeah. Let me Gen Z this. We leave them sitting on red. Yeah, right. And we, uh, we. <laughs> I did not understand. I'm not cool enough. Don't even try and explain it. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, and. I didn't even understand the text you said last night to us about something being mid. Mid? You didn't understand <laughs> I mid? I mean, I guess I kind of discerned it, but like, mm, never right. heard that. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> But I got Usher. I knew all those words. <laughs> Sorry. It's fun. The, uh, that, the, the beauty of the church is that there's so much diversity. Um, and we can look around sometimes and think, well, there's not a lot of diversity. We live in a city that is 93% white or whatever else. I'm not talking about just our, our, um, our skin color. Personality, background, experiences, how we react to everything, and um, and when you bring all of that together, there is no chance that it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. There's no chance that everything's going to go smoothly. There's no chance that it's going to um, people are going to think the same way about almost any topic. And uh, we are called to bear with one another in love, um, to to put up with each other. Uh, and not only to put up with each other, but to do it in a way that exhibits love, that, that we understand that in the middle of that, uh, we are honoring God uh, uh, and his creation by showing love and understanding love and, and displaying that or whatever else. Um, the other passage, the other part of that passage uh, that I think always stands out to me is to live worthy of the calling you have received. Now, um, like, when we hire staff, whenever uh, one of the things that I always am 
very intentional about is I, I believe that if if we hire staff that's called to come and do ministry here, that they need to be very, very sure of their calling. Like if, if they can't articulate that to me, and I'm not saying it has to be done in a certain way or that it had to have happened in a certain way or time, but if they can't articulate it with me, I'm going to struggle with wanting to hire them into a ministry staff position because um, it is the only thing that will see you through mm-hmm. having to bear with one another in love. But the reality is this isn't for staff. No. Nope. This isn't for pastors. Um, This is saying for all believers to live worthy of the calling you have received. God, for every believer, God has placed a calling in their lives for what they are to be, where they are to function, how how they are to go about living life. And I think too many times for the regular believer, and there really shouldn't be that. We shouldn't really even be um, deciphering things that way. Uh, is they that they, they don't understand this idea of calling on their life mm-hmm. um, to live out who it is that God has designed them to be the purpose that God has uh, for them. So yeah, there's a compartmentalization I think that happens with a lot of the body of Christ in in that when you're at church you're in church mode, and when you're at work you're in something other you're in some other mo- mode. Mm-hmm. When when and we have to drive home the realization that we are to be the same person. We are the same person at home, at work, at church, at Walmart, wherever you find yourself, the, you are to be that person and you are called to behave in a, in a given way as a believer, a person of faith. Uh, and there is no church face and work face and school face and, and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. one of the big lessons I think people have to yeah, kind of grasp. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what you got? Uh, same thing. Turning, you got to be. You got to. Well, I'm. I, He's restless. I, I'm t- oh. I'm t- well, I'm. I'm. I've always struggled here, um, and I'm also trying to. In the case of this, the difference between I think the what we're talking about and just interpreting the Bible, and then us as ministers. Um, and I don't know that we want to walk down all that road for people who are not necessarily called to be ministers in full-time vocational service. I don't know that it's worth grinding that ax. Um, but I, I, I was kind of in the same with Tiger, just opening it up. <clears throat> you read this and you read it personally. It's like, okay, as prisoners, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Trying, Lord. Be completely humble and gentle. Uh, I'm trying real hard, but that that's hard. <laughs> that's hard sometimes. Be patient. I, that's hard too. Bearing with one another in love. I actually think I do pretty good at that. Um, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit to bond to peace. And then it's like, oh, um, that can be really, really hard. And I think you saying that got, that this is written to the church, every church member. I don't know. I guess I haven't heard it because I, I just read, we, we read scripture through our lens, right? Yeah, and I, sure. Especially for me, I, I just... Um, I feel like I, you know, had a past experience where I was launched into having to deal with, wrestle with that we are called to do everything we can for the unity. But at the same time, Paul's writings are replete with calling out brothers and sisters for the things they're doing wrong. And so how do you balance those two things, especially when it comes to ministerial leadership that is i have always struggled with that yeah because i am extremely grateful for Corey kane and 
the godly man that he is. I'm extremely grateful that you're a friend and I have ultimate respect for you. And I do believe that if you were to start doing something that we all would see, we could talk to you about that and you'd be, it'd be tough, receptive. but you'd be receptive. But I think we'd be ignorant not to look at, especially the last hundred years, mm. even if you dare it down just to our denomination of pastors who have abused power, who mm-hmm. have lived lives of blatant sin outside of the pulpit. And we are called to call them on that. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, especially if you're not the head guy, you are um, sticking your neck out there. And how do you do that when you're called to make every effort to keep the unity? And I know it's a balance. I'm not, yeah, yeah. but it, it is it is a v- very real struggle yeah. that I have lived through. I think, Tiger, you have lived through. And I think that there are a lot of our brothers and sisters out there who are having to weigh the difference between what do you give up for the unity of the, the body and what do you call out as either sin or false prophecy. And that is, that is, that is, that's the deep end of ministerial. Mm-hmm. I think, I think what you, you, you're touching on something that I think that, 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 the larger society has forgotten. Yeah. And it is that discipline and love and unity are not mutually exclusive. Yes. That's exactly yes. right. Yes. And it's, we can, and I know individuals who can, who can, can walk this walk in a very adept manner. Mm-hmm. And you, you marvel at them because, you know, it's for, it's hard for us to keep our emotions in check and stuff, but you can, you can, hold people hold their their uh nose to the grindstone so to speak in a loving way and in a way that still maintains unity and just because we may disagree about an issue it doesn't mean that we have to hate each other and that we can't still love one another it becomes difficult and we we require christ's uh efforts in that but i mean Right later on in this in this very passage in, in chapter four, it says, therefore, in verse 25, therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. And then it says, be angry and do not sin. Mm-hmm. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. I, I had that mark because, quite frankly, that's a great marriage passage. And <laughs> we can go there. But that's that's it. It's like we have lost the ability in our culture today to disagree and still love one another. Uh, completely. And, 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 and I would at say the core even, of what you're saying. And even within the church, yeah. I think one of the things that I I, I know I, from me, but also then I, I, plenty of other people, specifically worship pastors that I have talked to, is it's not even a disagree and so we then part ways. It's that we lose love for each other before the disagreement ever yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. And so when disagreement happens and when relationships become dictatorian, then <sighs> resentment builds and builds and builds. And then the disagreements, or they they can break the ship, or even more when it is, um, if we're both believers and one of us is trying to abide by these ideals set forth by Paul and, and by the New Testament writers of how to live humbly 
and unifyingly, that's a good word. I made that up. Mm. But the other party is not. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? And that, I think there are a lot of people that really struggle with that in their workplaces. If they have a professing believer that they work with, but man, they just cannot get on the same page. Mm-hmm. How do I walk that road with them to call out what is wrong, but still be in unity together? Because we don't need our lost coworkers seeing us squabble over right. stuff. You know, anyway, I, it's just tough. Well, I, yeah. I think uh, a lot of what is missed is relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, it is so much of surface level, surface level, surface level. And because there's not a relationship that's rooted in who this person is and that I know much more mm-hmm. about them that I love and that I care about and that I, I, I enjoy together is that we are easily offended and easily put off and mad and angry over what is what is a difference, but that in the end has to we've got to bear with one another in love through that. And I think we just and I would say that okay, so from the relationships that the four of us have together, all the way through we should be building these types of relationships all the way through the church. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. every one of us can have a relationship with everyone inside the church, but that these are what root into the church. So that we can do all of this, and so even if, even if that is okay, so we see something that we don't have relation. We 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 see something like this, uh, something uh, divisive or whatever else in someone else that we don't have that deep relationship with, but someone else does that we have a relationship with that 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 helps shape how we approach all of these things, and that we've we've made everything so surface level. We've made everything so. Um, uh, uh, divorced from who we really are and how we're supposed to really do things that it's easy to just cut people off and go on. And I I think that that's, I don't, I don't think it's all of it, but I think it definitely is part of it. Um, And, and so we got to see each other for so much more than just our view on this. Um, Yeah. Anyway, the the sociology in me, the background in me is yeah. spinning <laughs> with so many different aspects of, of relationships and the way it is. But I, I, I just want to point out, verse 3 says, make every effort. And It doesn't and it, mean be unified. It means try. <laughs> it means from yeah, as enough. far as I am able, yeah. it is my responsibility, biblically speaking, to make every effort to do this the right way. And I think then you go back up to verse 2. And humility, gentleness, patience. A lot of times when we, I know for myself, a lot of times when I'm in those situations, I let my own personal self get in the, in the way of the way I'm approaching, even calling someone out on certain things. And, and, and that's as much wrong. And sometimes that device, but the, here's the hard part, I think, to what you're speaking to. There are times that you can do it in all humility and all gentleness and all patience and doing everything you can to and bear with one another in love. And it is met with mm-hmm. disdain. <laughs> and and at the end of the day, I think as believers, it's just simply our responsibility to make every effort to the best of our ability 
And it's not you that then answers to the unity being broken. It's it's the one who is breaking the unity. And that, that doesn't make it easier. <laughs> it, it, it is still incredibly hard. It's incredibly painful. And it, and it comes with, with a great sense of loss um, at times. Um, and that is the reality. But uh, but I think, you know, that's that's what I kind of keep going back in my mind is, is as far as it's as best I can from my side of it, I have to do everything that I can, which I think includes recognizing that it is also my responsibility to call out the sin, yeah, yeah. so to speak. That is a part of the factor that, that I can't, while I am still, it, it's still my responsibility to maintain this unity. Biblically speaking, it is also my responsibility to call out the sin, and so there's there's a both and, and and it's hard, man. It's it's not something that is, like you said, it's it's something that comes with a great deal of difficulty. It's interesting. Paul does it in almost every one of his letters. He does. Uh, I yeah. mean, like I can't remember which book right now, but in one of his letters, I mean, he calls out two ladies by name. Yeah. I mean, like it's Corinthians, uh, but he doesn't yeah. have to live with them. <laughs> right. I wonder with that. He's at a distance from yeah. them, and, and I, I, but he has so a first, relationship there too, does. though. I yeah. mean, like, First Corinthians. Does. That's what I was kind of flipping through. First Corinthians. He calls out a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. He calls out a lot, and so my Specific. question is, Euodia and Syntyche. Yeah. So how do they? But we don't know how they responded. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. What's the next step in that journey? You know, I mean, like, uh, anyway, yeah, it's just complex. Yeah. It's very, um, yeah. I, I love, though, that, you know, just to kind of keep in that vein, though, to me, it's interesting that it, it, it words it in such a way, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Yeah. And, and with the bond of peace, that there's, that when we break unity, in the body of Christ, we are breaking the unity of the spirit that is amongst us and that God has put in us. I mean, we're talking about, we talked about Acts and, yeah. and, and Pentecost and that, that this was given to us by, um, you know, by God to, to bring about, yes, salvation, but also to bring about, you know, the ability to, to walk and live according to his ways and, and to walk in such a way that, that gives humility or gives, gives um, unity I think if you go over to, I believe it's verse, um, oh, well, I had it there for a minute. Um, verse, where are we at here? 13, maybe? Four, yes, verse 13. Thank you. Where it says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with the stature measured by Christ's fullness. We're to seek this unity, and there's a real there's a real reality that we will not come into full realization of that unity, really, until we step into the presence that's of God. Exactly, that's exactly right, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 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 hard that we're to continue to seek this, we're to continue to try and live this, and 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 that's just a part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Is yeah. is we constantly are growing. We're never there. We've never arrived. Um, and we constantly are trying to do this better day after day. You know, uh, last episode, we talked about rooted a lot. We talked about uh, how a tree looks. One of my favorite uh, illustrations from Ephesians 4 that I've used in a sermon is is about like sequoia trees, which are mm-hmm. incredibly tall. Look, I mean, they are mature. They're old. Um, and But yet their root systems are very shallow. 
Mm-hmm. Because they grow in groves. Well, to me, that's the idea of the body yeah. of Christ. Is that you beat me to that it. we we've yeah. got, we are not to, meant to be isolated. If yeah. you put a sequoia tree out Hold away from other. all other trees, it, it will not survive. It it will be blown down before it can mature or anything else. But but when we grow together mm-hmm. and our roots are able to be intertwined, mm-hmm. um, when that difficulty comes, when there's maturing that needs to happen, when there's difficulties or whatever else, each of us hold one another up. Um, uh, you know, we deflect wind around. We 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 do all those things that are needed, and to me, is a great picture of what we're seeing in Ephesians four. Um, is that uh, is that we are meant to be together? Uh, sixteen. Yeah. Verse sixteen. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes yeah. the growth of the body and building it up in uh, building itself up in love. Uh, the proper working of each individual part. Yeah. That w- yeah. There is an intention here of us being together. Again, another uh, illustration I'll use, we're talking about the church from time. Again, we, we always hear about body of Christ and all these other things. I mean, like, how often do we see a hand cut off and laying over here and fulfilling its purpose? You know, mm-hmm. uh, once it's cut off from the body, once it's not a part of it, there's there's no purpose for it anymore. It will wither and die. Mm-hmm. And we are meant to be together together. Um, we are meant to to do life together and to support one another and to um, to, to to help in those areas. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're going to do everything right. Right. Um, but we are meant to do things together. It, what comes to my mind when you're saying that though is, is that takes vulnerability. It does. I mean, we're talking about intertwining our lives yeah. together, and and that means you have to be willing to be open and 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 let the dirty be the dirty. <laughs> And let it be a part of of who you are, and 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 be okay that we have relationships that are bearing with us through the midst of those that dirty mess of our lives, and and what that is, and and that's scary <laughs> at times. You think about, oh man, I got to intertwine all of my life with others around me, and um, but also there's a sense of freeing, yeah, that I don't have to be. Perfect. Ashamed or hide this? Yes, I should be ashamed as far as sin, but I don't. I I I, I can come together with people that are like minded and, and that are dealing with this too. I, I think my known sin is not going to drive them out of yeah. the relationship with me or whatever else. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about y'all. This is just a piece for me. We kind of started off by kind of bringing this in. Sometimes I feel like as pastors, you're on an island. You're on an island, yep. and, and, and people are afraid to intertwine their lives with you. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, yeah, sure, am I speaking for all of us, too, I think, but I'm speaking for myself. I know this, but I need people, and I have people, and I'm grateful that I have people, but I want more. <laughs> I need people that are willing to intertwine their lives with mine yeah. and know that I'm not perfect. Right. You're going to see the dirty of me, too. <laughs> Uh, and and that's that's hard sometimes for other people to see their their pastors in the light of oh they're not perfect they're not on this pedestal right. sometimes that's hard just in the same way that it's hard I think sometimes for people to intertwine because they're afraid of what you're gonna see <clears throat> but we need that's we need that just as much as as anyone and so I don't know and I think also <laughs> saying to anyone listening you need that yeah you need that yeah, yeah. you need that you <laughs> it is very easy. To hide, especially in today's day and age, to hide behind a screen or behind mm-hmm. a, to live double life. You need people who really need know you. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, I go ahead, Sue. No, go ahead. No, and I just going even back. We didn't really touch on 
14 and 15. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here, so, but yeah. we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves yeah. and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. That's, I would say that's part of the basis of why we say week in and week out, you've got to be in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. You cannot be, and it's not discounting whoever wrote that Bible study book you're reading. That's a man's opinion of the Bible. Mm. You need mm-hmm. to be in the Bible. It is easy to get tossed back and forth to start reading. It can all be well-intentioned, but you got to be careful what you're digesting when it comes to interpreting the Bible. Um, and, and so it goes back to those roots being connected, being in Christ, um, letting the soil be that of Christ. And, and that way you're not tossed back and forth because mm-hmm. it's easy to get tossed back and forth. There's a lot of voices out there right now. Yeah. And then instead speaking the truth in love, we mentioned that one, that, uh, that's a big one. I remember, uh, just a few years ago, what was it? I, John MacArthur is a great thinker, but what was a few years ago? He called out Beth Moore and there was no love in what he said. He was probably right, but there was no love in it. And I lost a lot of respect for that man listening to him rail on and, and I and that's a good point. Like you can be right. I tell that to my kids mm-hmm. all the time. You can be right six ways a Sunday. Is that a real saying? I don't know. I've never heard that. It sounds like a tiger saying. <laughs> he said, "Yep." I said, no idea what it means. I don't either. I don't. I, as soon as it came out, I thought that's weird. Um, <laughs> you can be right all you want, but when you it's not said in love, right? You're not going to get to hear it. You can you can tell your sister what to do all the day long and you're probably right but she ain't listen to it if you're not going to be nice to her about it yeah so i want to i want to synthesize what both of you all uh jason and austin just kind of talked about in the context of the d group and in the really the the values that we as a church place on these kinds of relationships the, the things that we are enunciating the the things that are brought out in ephesians 4 cannot happen in a vacuum mm-hmm. right it, it completely obliterates the argument that I can be a Lone Ranger Christian, mm-hmm. especially in the wake of COVID. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to stream my services online. I'm not going to have relationship with these people. I'm going, even if you're in the Bible, if you are uh, ostracizing yourself from the body, from communications with, with other people, from being able to, we, we, we use the term, what you're describing is living life on life with one another. When we, when we talk about intertwining our lives, it means that it's not just putting on your nice clothes and coming for an hour and sitting in a Sunday school class or sitting in a pew and then leaving. Yeah. You can wear a mask in that. But when, when you spend time with one another, mm-hmm. eventually the walls will come down. Mm-hmm. Eventually the masks will fall off. Eventually the hurt and the pain that you're holding up and rather than sharing it so that other people can help to support your burden. If, if you're, if you're devoid of all of those things, then you're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, what is described here by Paul in Ephesians four is, is what body life is supposed to look like. Yeah. And I just, I just urge you, if if you are not in a relationship like this, if you're not getting down into the muck and the mire with folks occasionally, mm-hmm. if you're not helping to hold other people accountable for things, then you are not experiencing the fullness. And it sounds it sounds awkward to say, but if you're not getting dirty, 
you're not experiencing the fullness of the life of Christ mm-hmm. um, because that's what we were meant to do. And, and I loved I, the way everybody approached it. You know, the Sequoia um, analogy is so, is so right in that you've got these great trees that you, that seemingly could just stand alone by themselves and never even feel the slightest turn in the wind. And yet, because of the shallowness of their roots, you know, they require each other to hold on to and keep either, each other up. That's really how he he created us to be mm-hmm. in the body. And so, I, I want you to prayerfully consider if you're not in this kind of relationship, if you're not in a D group, if you're not doing this kind of thing, then ask the Lord to show you what that's going to look like. What what do you need to do to get into that kind of relationship? Yeah. I, I would I, I would again also just say again, it is part of our intention behind how we've designed them when we talk about gender specific four to six people, all of those types of things. It's because <laughs> we see that as the best way to foster this type of growth. And so um again, um we've got some flexibility on some of those things, uh, but some of those we really kind of call our non-negotiables and and there's a reason for that is because uh, we have fleshed these things out and tried to figure out uh, what is our purpose in these, and uh, how does that get lived out best? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, uh, that is a, a part of that. So yeah. I'd like to build on what you said and just encourage people, just like you're saying, to build the relationship. Make, make sure you not only do that, but build those close relationships <laughs> on biblical friendships. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I've made the mistake. Uh, I think Lee and I have had. We talked about it very intentionally when we moved to Milan, and then even more intentionally when we moved here an understanding of building relationships with other people based on biblical growth and discipleship. Because it is very easy to build relationships. We call them your friends or whatever, but the people you really intertwine your life with, Mm. you can build that based on your kids' sports. Mm. Right. You can build it based on y'all all getting together and partying. And you can build it based on just similar likes and they can be good friends, but really when push comes to shove, that intertwining of your faith and growing doesn't happen unless you intentionally build that from the get-go. Yeah. And so I just encourage people, as you build relationships with people, if you don't build it based on discipleship growth with each other, then when somebody in that group begins to get hit with that wind because they're on the perimeter... Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard yeah. to lean on each other because you don't have that foundation already there. So, um, you know, again, goes back to the D group or just just be doing life together, but doing it intentionally with Christ at the center of it. Yeah, yeah. I think let's pick up the rest of this yeah. at another time. Yeah, Is that okay with so. you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's still a lot more. A lot, there. lot, there lot, of, yeah. lot of meat left on the bone, but we're gonna we're gonna put a press pause and uh, put a put a. Uh, Put a ribbon in this <laughs> and pick it up next time. Thanks again for uh, tuning in. As always, we we appreciate so much the support. Uh, we've even gotten some folks that have uh, written in, uh, giving us some topics that I think we're going to work into the rotation in the coming episodes. And so, again, I haven't. We're going to say this in a minute. And you'll hear me say this, but uh, we have a, a an email staff at seymourfbc.org. And if you send an email to that, uh, you can say, hey, I would love to hear this topic or that topic. We would encourage you to do that. Uh, And hopefully we can work that into the rotation in the coming episodes. But thanks again. 
If you found any value in this, please share it with somebody. Like, subscribe, all those kinds of things. That always, uh, we appreciate that. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye now. See ya. Thank you for listening to see more from the front pew. Our sole desire for this podcast is to glorify God by educating and encouraging his body. If you would like to learn more about anything you've heard today, feel free to reach out by email at staff at seymourfbc.org or by visiting our website at seymourfbc.org. If you're located near our community and do not have a church home, come worship with us at 1015 a.m. on Sunday morning. Until then, we pray God's richest blessings on you and yours as you love God, love others, make disciples, and live the life.